Thanks as always for having me on, Kevin. I am the Skipper Dude, proud Broncos fan since 1984. So today I wanted to take a stab at analyzing the Joe Flacco trade and trying to put a spin or two on it that maybe you haven't considered already. I know I'm a little late to the party, but, but this was such an emotional move by John Elway that I really thought it was prudent to let the initial fervor and emotion die down a bit before I dug in and, and analyzed it. Now, the bottom line for me, Kevin, is I actually kind of like this trade. I don't love it, but I do like it. If I had to rate the trade on a scale of 10 to negative 10, with zero being perfectly ambivalent, 10 being you know the John Elway for Chris Hinton and Mark Herman trade in 1983, and negative 10 being Josh McDaniels trading away the, his 2010 first-round pick for a second-round pick, Alfonso Smith, in 2009, I get the impression that the initial reaction in Broncos country to this Flacco trade was about a negative five. And as the motions have subsided, I think it's moderated a bit to a, a negative two or a negative three. People still aren't that crazy about it. But personally, I put the trade at about a positive two. And so before I get into what the Broncos gain and what they give up from the deal, that really kind of seals you know, my, my belief in, in, in rating it, I'd like to talk about the trade strategically first. Now, I've heard analysts, and this includes you, Kevin, that, that criticizing John Elway and Vic Fangio for making the bold statement right after Fangio was hired that the Broncos would not slap any Band-Aids on the Broncos' problem. And then, of course, the very first personnel move they make is to slap a Band-Aid on the quarterback position. I, I understand that sentiment. But honestly, guys... I don't see the Flacco move as a Band-Aid. The, the way I see the Elway Fangio path back to the Super Bowl, 2019 was always going to be a rebuilding year where Fangio gets his system and his personnel in place. He builds on the great 2018 draft, and he gets the locker room moving in the right direction. The playoffs are a realistic goal for 2019, but making noise in the playoffs and, and, and competing for a Super Bowl, really aren't realistic. Short, short of maybe a fluky lightning in a bottle type of a playoff run like, like Joe Flacco had in, in Baltimore in 2012. If nothing else, this Broncos team is really nowhere near catching the Chiefs in, in 2019, at least realistically, unless something happens to Patrick Mahomes. At quarterback, the plan was always to bring in a young quarterback in either 2019 or... Or in, in 2019, you're, you're starting from the, the number 10 draft position, but you got a weak quarterback class. Or you're going to pick a young quarterback in 2020 when you may very well be drafting in the teens or early 20s, but you'll have a deeper quarterback class. The plan really hasn't changed with the Flacco trade. So I'm not really seeing the Flacco trade as a Band-Aid. If, if the Broncos had brought in a third tier, second, third tier quarterback in the prime of his career. Now, that would have been a Band-Aid. Teddy Bridgewater would have been a Band-Aid. He represented an entire change of direction at quarterback. Same with Nick Foles. These are guys that you would have needed to commit five years to and basically put on the shelf the idea of bringing in a young quarterback. Instead, what you're dealing with now is the final remnants of, of Joe Flacco's career. And and what's, what's changed by bringing in Flacco, is the urgency for getting a quarterback in 2019. You know, obviously, Team Elway is not going to tip its hand on where it stands with, with Drew Locke or, or, 
or Kyler Murray or, or even Dwayne Haskins. But, but I don't think you're going to trade up to, to get a guy like a Dwayne Haskins. And, and, and Drew Locke, I, I think for most of us, just doesn't strike us. I know he doesn't strike me as a franchise-type, high-first-round type draft pick. It maybe if you can trade down, you know, to the end of the first round, and, and maybe Drew Locke falls to about 25 draft position, then yeah, he's a great pickup. But but not at 10. There's just too much risk there, and not enough not enough upside to to justify a high first round draft pick. And of course, Murray is intriguing to be sure. But but let's be real here. Who really believes that John? Albert Elway Jr. is going to draft a 5-foot, 10-inch quarterback. I just don't see it. So now, imagine that Elway hadn't made the Flacco trade and he decides to pass on this quarterback class. A very reasonable thing for him to do. Keenum is going to be gone at the end of this year. He's kind of your ultimate dumpster dive type quarterback who will probably find a dumpster diving team in need of a dumpster diving starter for 2020. Maybe a team like Pittsburgh if, if Big Ben retires and, and there's no heir apparent, or, or, or New Orleans with, with um, same thing with Drew Brees. But he'll find somewhere um, that he can probably start in, in the year 2020. With Keenum, then, if you decide to pass on a quarterback in 2019 and Keenum doesn't come back, in 2020, which you probably wouldn't, knowing that he's not your quarterback of the future, then you go into the 2020 season with literally nothing at quarterback. Nobody. Nothing. I mean, Kevin Hogan, if, if even that. So with Flacco, and more importantly, with his fully non-guaranteed contract, you now have a one or a two or a three-year bridge with which to get your new franchise quarterback established rather than a one-year bridge with Keenum that was forcing you to have a young quarterback starting by 2020. It gives you a ton of flexibility in that regard. And in and, and this way, I really like this trade. So now, as you know, my number one reason for liking this trade, let's go through all of the positives and negatives and kind of see how they balance out. On the positive side, of course, that three-year flexibility with Flacco is golden. As soon as you're done with them, you cut them. He probably retires, you're done. And, and that's huge. And you, you can get either one, two, or three years out of it, depends on what, depending on what you need to groom a new quarterback. Now, number two in, in positives, you've improved your on-field product, at least marginally. Flacco probably doesn't have much left in the tank, but it's hard to imagine him being worse than Case Keenum. Man, I mean, I mean, Keenum put up some bottom of the NFL numbers last year, despite having a fairly decent offensive line, at least until he got injured, and, and some pretty dramatic and dynamic skill players at running back and wide receiver. Part of that, I believe, falls on the utterly unimaginative and basically incompetent Bill Musgrave, but Keenum deserves plenty of the blame as well because, I mean, anybody who watched him on the field could see he couldn't get it done last year. Now, Flacco, even at the tail end of his career, would be hard-pressed to be worse than Keenum was last year. So probably number two, you've increased, maybe not a ton, but you've increased your on-field product. Now, number three of the positives, you brought in a quarterback who has been there, who has won a Super Bowl. Kevin had a fantastic piece last week about the impact that Isaiah Thomas has had with the Denver Nuggets this year, despite not even having played a game all year up to that point. 
having a Super Bowl winning quarterback in the locker room is going to have an impact for the Broncos. It may not be huge. I mean, Joe Flacco will probably go down in history as a Super Bowl winning quarterback, kind of in a class with Doug Smith or, or, or Trent Dilfer or, or Nick Foles. But his impact is still going to be a positive. So the Broncos have gained flexibility. They've gained a, a certain amount of talent. And they've gained Super Bowl experience with the Flacco trade. But what have they given up? Well, number one, of course, they've likely added $7 million in payroll for 2019 in the form of guaranteed Case Keenum money that Elway's probably going to have to eat. Now, I know when the Flacco trade was first announced, I was chatting with Kevin and, and said that Elway has to have a deal in place for Keenum already because there's absolutely no way he's stupid enough to head into the season with both of those contracts on the books. And once the Flacco trade leaked into the media, Elway's leverage for trading Keenum dropped to zero. So a deal for Keenum had to be in place. There was no way Elway was going to allow this Flacco trade to be leaked into the media if he didn't have something in place for Keenum. Okay, so it appears I was wrong. At this point, I, I think we need to figure on probably eating the guaranteed portion of Keenum's contract. I'm guessing Elway probably cuts Keenum as soon as it's practical, and Case will pick up somewhere as a backup quarterback or on a backup quarterback contract. Maybe he'll, you know, he'll get that dumpster dive team that, that will be willing to give him at least a shot at starting. I just don't see him getting you know, much of another shot as a starter at a training camp at this point. He's probably a guy who makes sense for a team whose starter gets injured in training camp, but not much more than that. You you have to think of him as maybe the 30th to 35th best quarterback in the NFL. Maybe he picks up somewhere, but, you know, maybe he doesn't. And number two, of course, is the in, in costs for the Broncos is the fourth-round draft pick. Now, it sounds like a lot, I know, fourth-rounder, but I took a look back at the number four draft picks for the Broncos in the John Elway area, and it's really pretty underwhelming. Now, this past year, the, the Gary Kubiak, John Elway, Vance Joseph triumvirate did, did a solid job with, with the fourth round, getting Josie Jewell and Deshaun Hamilton in the fourth round. And that was pretty decent. But, but before that, the fourth round talent is really pretty lean. Okay, so let's go back, back to 2011. In 2017, the, the Broncos had no pick in the fourth round, but they took Brendan Langley and Carlos Henderson in the third round and Jake Butt in the fifth. Okay, pretty well a fail. 2016 was Devontae Booker. Okay, yeah, pretty underwhelming. 2015, Max Garcia. Whelming, you know, kind of a marginal role type player. 2014, they had no fifth, fourth round pick. They picked Michael Schofield in the third round and Lehman Barrow in the fifth. Fail. Okay, 2013, no fourth-round pick again in 2013. Kayvon Webster in the third round, and they took Quintera Smith in the fifth. And it was not terrible. Webster was a huge reach, if you remember, but he really had a pretty solid Broncos career. It's not not a bad third-round pick. 2012, um, Omar Bolden and Philip Blake they took in the fourth round. Philip Blake was a training camp cut, and Bolden had several decent you know seasons as a role player, so not not horrible. And then 2007, uh, 2011, they had two fourth-round picks, Quentin Carter and Julius Thomas. And then that was that was pretty solid. Ju- Julius Thomas was probably, in the Elway era, the, the one impact fourth-rounder that um, he, he's ever chosen. So you can see that the fourth-round pick is not typically going to get you an impact type of a player. At worst, 
you've probably given up a decent role player by, by trading that fourth round pick, maybe a Josie Jewell type of a guy. So now, let's boil this trade down and look at the gains and losses all together. By trading Joe Flacco, or for Joe Flacco, you, you've gained flexibility in transitioning to your young quarterback of the future. You've upgraded your on-field talent, albeit marginally, and you've added Super Bowl experience, whatever you know value that may turn out to be. You've given up, in all likelihood, $7 million in Case Keenum's salary and a fourth-round pick that at best is probably going to just be a role player for you down the road. So, so when you put it all in that perspective, Kevin, I really like this trade. I, I think it's good value for your money. Like I said, I like it about a 2 out of 10. I don't love it. Um, if the Broncos as a team had 9-7 and seven talent, again, going into the Flacco trade, I'd say they still have pretty much 9-7 and seven talent. Flacco, after all, he's at the end of his career and was never exactly Peyton Manning. He may win a game or two by himself for you in two, 2019. He's a guy that you'd love to have during a playoff road game, obviously. But he may very well have one of his patented five interception games as well this year. Flacco is not a guy that moves the needle much, but but he is probably an upgrade. So if Elway is able to unload Case Keenum's salary, which I'm doubting, but but then I I would like I would move my um, like of this move up to about a three out of ten, and perhaps perhaps working again in the Mike Shanahan Gary Kubiak offense with with Rich Rich Gangrello, perhaps Flacco has a bit of a career renaissance in Denver you know, a little bit like Peyton Manning did here, and we can push that like number up to a 4 out of 10. So all in all, not bad. I, I kind of like it. Kevin, back to you.